You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom from the holy city of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people, where Yehovah put his name forever. This is Nehemia Gordon down under in the safe house with Keith Johnson. We are in the safest place that we could possibly be in the entire universe at the center of God's will. Mm-hmm. I love that, Nehemia. That is the safest place to be. And you hear all sorts of things going on in Jerusalem. Should it be safe? The State Department's got to make statements. Boy, I tell you what, just last week we were in uh, in what I call the safest place in all of Israel, which happened to be the Temple Mount. And people say, boy, that's not safe at all. I think it's exactly the place to be. It's the place where he caused his name to dwell forever. <laughs> so that's where we were. Uh, I want to say this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to Warren and Joyce in Washington. You are our Profit Pro partner. And uh, we really do appreciate everything that you've done. And also to my friends, actually, um, let me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to wait on this. Let me just say thank you to you guys for being our Profit Pro partners. We only got a couple of these left, Nehemia. So this is going to, I mean, let's, let's, you know, this is, this is a great passage. We're in Isaiah chapter 55, 6. And is there a connection? Well, this is one of our favorite passages yes. in the entire Tanakh. It, no, and I would and say I this I honestly. That. No, <laughs> this one is our, it really is. I would say together that, that both of us, this is our, this is one of our favorite passages. It's in one the of my top Tanakh, 10. Yes. You hear me say our Nehemiah? Say it though. So, okay. So, so, okay. All right. I accept that. All right. So we're at 6 though. We're starting 55, at 6. 55, 6. Yeah. And, and we're just chomping at the bit to get to 56. Yeah. But there's actually some really interesting things in 55. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever it says something about seeking the Father, it mm. says, seek him while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. And then I, I, I also kind of put that side by side with the fact that sometimes he kind of, like I say, it's not a game of hide and seek, but there is a process of, you know, if you're really going to seek him, you're going to find him. But, you know, if you're just sitting around and saying, well, you know, he'll just come to me whenever. I mean, you know, that's possible. Certainly it is. But what an honor it is to seek him. Right. And there's a little bit of a play on words mm-hmm. in the Hebrew. It says, Dilshu Yehovah behimatso krauhu bihioto karov. Bihioto is kind of a little bit of an unusual way of expressing it, but it means in that he will be, or in that he is, and that is from the same root as his name, Hayahovei mm-hmm. Hiyeh. Amen. So this is Bihiyoto. So mm-hmm. there's something going on there with the play on words. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I just got to bring a reference here mm-hmm. to 2 Chronicles 15, mm-hmm. verses 1 through 7. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's homework. But I do want to read, this is the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Oded. Very little known prophecy, or a little known prophet. And in verse 2, it says, uh, Yehovah is with you mm-hmm. when you are with him. And there's that same play on words, mm-hmm. from the root, root mm-hmm. I love that. And if you seek him, he will be found to you. And if you leave him or abandon him, he will leave or abandon you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this prophecy. Verse 3, I'm just going to read this. It says, In many days for Israel, without the true God and without the teaching priests and without the Torah. Mm-hmm. And in many translations, they translate this in the past tense, but in the Hebrew, it's, it's not past mm-hmm. tense. It's, it's actually timeless. Mm-hmm. And I believe we're in this era of the many days, the many years without the true God and without the teaching priests and without the Torah. And, okay, well, maybe we've got the true God, but we've uh, misunderstood him and misrepresented him and, and, um, and completely kind of twisted his message. And in that sense, he's not the God that actually speaks in Scripture, but the God we've created out of our own, um, out of our own hearts. And I love this teaching priest, the high priest with the worm and tumim, the you know the anointed priest, and without the Torah, and it goes on. Uh, I'm not going to accept. I'm not going to accept that. You say without the Torah, and yet here we are. We're teaching. 
the Torah. The Torah is going forth from Zion. Right, but it's the people going... of Israel have been many years without the Torah and without the true God and without and without the te- definitely without you the believe teaching the people, priest. It, so you think they're without the Torah? They're just not. They had a form of the Torah, but they didn't have the true Torah. They had they superimposed. They said this is what God said in the Torah. Here's what God really meant. Then mm. they put words in God's mouth, and in that respect, He's not the true God, the one that they claim to worship. And you know, I, well, I got a big question yeah. for you. Then I got a big question for you. So when yeah. we, we, we we talked about this, you know, people uh, parading around, the streets being closed down, the new Torah scroll going to the to the synagogue, and I had an interaction about twelve years ago that really shocked me, and I just mm. don't know if this is the case, and I don't want to make an assumption. But I was asking a person who considered themselves a secular Jew. I said, okay, listen, you know, the holiday's coming. Tell me what you think about the holiday. And they said, oh, it's tradition. I said, well, okay, yeah, right. well, what about when it says this about Moses? And he said, ah, yeah, I really don't read it that much. And this this really shocked me because mm-hmm. I thought, wait a minute, so you mean, so you, you, you honor the Torah, you see the Torah, and, and, and this, I mean, I'm not saying for this for religious people, yeah. um, but for many people in Israel, they say, yes, we see the Torah. We un-. So are you saying to me that the Torah might be there in form but not function? Well, that, uh, that's, I, a good, I, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, because um, I, I think but, I see the Torah. But I think it's partly there in function. But the point is, if you go even to a religious Jew and, and he says, I'm studying Torah, he may not actually be studying Torah. He may actually be preaching the words of rabbis and, and saying, these were revealed to Moses on Mount is Sinai. Is the Torah open? Do they read the, it in the And the true God did not say those words on Mount Sinai. That's the point. Is the Torah open? Yes. But they, you know, they read a verse, they read what the rabbi says. Read a verse, read what the rabbi says to the point where... Um, they are they they have the Torah. It's right there in front of them, but they're not really interacting okay. with it. And maybe they are. Okay. Um, but this is I don't know. This is what the prophecy says. Mm-hmm. It's hard to look at this and say, oh, that's not you know. The, yeah, that was just something in ancient times. I, right. I, I think it applies today to do as well. Uh, over in your New Testament, Keith, you've got Matthew chapter seven verse seven, and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And this is clearly based on the two passages we just read, and, and probably some others, but mainly Isaiah fifty five six and uh, and two Chronicles fifteen verse uh, two. Okay. Well, let the wicked forsake his way, and the right, unrighteous man his thoughts. And this, uh, the next verse is really the key for me. And let him return to Yehovah, and he will have compassion on him. To our God, for you abundantly pardon. Literally saying. That if the and again this is what the, this is what it's saying in English, yeah. If you forsake, uh, if you forsake his way, if he forsakes his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, um, I would be interested to see here. I'm just looking at fifty six seven. And the word thoughts sometimes is translated as plans. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say. Um, so anyway, so he 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 does this. Um, something you think about doing. Yeah, and you yeah, yeah, plot, yeah. You plot to do it. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I got to just tell you something. Um, one of the things, that, one of the reasons that you know we had a big big debate, you and I. 13 years ago, I keep bringing it back because I'm thinking about the past and, you know, and last week we were up on the Temple Mount, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things I would talk to you about is I said, you know, Nehemiah, I want to, um, you know, I want to learn a little bit of the modern Hebrew and you would never, ever, you would never, ever uh, talk to me with the modern Hebrew. You just didn't have the patience for me. And, and I and I, I never, I, I used to say to people, hey, doesn't have patience. And you'd say to me, I don't have patience. But you know, I got to tell you something about this that really makes uh, the scripture come alive sometimes. And and this is just an example. The difference between, and you, you, you did a great job of explaining the difference between biblical and modern Hebrew. I said, well, which one should we start with? He said, you must start with biblical. You must end with biblical Hebrew. If you never learn any modern Hebrew, you've got to do that. It depends but, what your objective is. Exactly. And, if you and want that, to go to the shuk and, and, and you know, buy fruit, exactly. learn modern Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, if you want to read scripture, learn biblical Hebrew. So here was what was so interesting to me. And I, I'm going to give you just an example. You just said something. And this is just a perfect example. You said, yeah. oh, no, no, no. This is actually could, uh, this also could be thoughts. And I went to the word. Plans. Or plans. I'm yeah. sorry. And so I go to the word. 
And then I think about modern Hebrew. It says, uh, uh, what do you think? Right. Okay. And then this, and, and, and I want people to know this because this is really cool to me. We talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago. So, but when they were creating modern Hebrew, Nehemiah, you remember the conversation we had about this? How did they do it? In other words, you're creating modern Hebrew. There's an entire academy, an entire group of people. Well, today there's an academy. Yeah, yeah. Back then there was one man, Eliezer ben Yehuda. Right, but how... Do, so, and he said, so, I'm, I'm going to make it so that I can speak Hebrew and my wife can speak Hebrew to me and our children mm-hmm. will speak Hebrew to us mm-hmm. and each other. And the problem was there, there were a lot of things that there wasn't a word for. Yeah. Hebrew had been... Hebrew never completely died out, meaning it was used in prayers. Mm-hmm. It was used in the synagogue. It was used for scripture study and, mm-hmm. for, and for Talmud study. Um, and rabbinical study, but what it, the, it was a dead language in that um, peop, it wasn't someone's native language. In other words, mm-hmm. um, people grew up speaking Yiddish or Arabic or some other or Ladino or some mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. and maybe then they, as a second language, learned mm-hmm. um, Hebrew the way that priests at the Vatican learn Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrew was never forgotten, but the point was it was being used for a very specific purpose, which was the religious purpose. And if you have something really simple, like you know. Um, I have a hole in my sock. I need someone to darn it. You know, um, well, how do you say that in biblical Hebrew? Exactly. You know? yeah. Whereas if you say, you know, we need to bring the sacrifice and cut out the, um, you know, the lobe of the, of the liver. Well, we know exactly how to say that. That's exactly. real easy. Yeah. But if we're talking about really daily things, you know, in the 1800s, 1880s, where he's dealing with this, he didn't know. And so one of the things Ben Yehuda did, which is unbelievable, is he combed through Jewish books and manuscripts looking for words, mm-hmm. words that had been forgotten, or maybe they were known, but it was very obscure. The average Jew didn't know these words. Mm-hmm. And he found thousands of words. But then the, he got to other cases where he said, you know, we don't have a word for something as simple as spring, mm-hmm. as the season of spring. What is spring called in ancient Jewish sources? And in the Talmud, it's called Kufat Nisan, mm-hmm. which really means the equinox of Nisan. Mm-hmm. Um or the period from the equinox of Nisan to the equinox of Tammuz, what we call the, uh, or the, the solstice of Tammuz. So he said, oh, we've got, and this is a great example because we're about to do the Aviv search, we're mm-hmm. pre-recording this. And so he took the word Aviv, which referred to the ripening barley, and he said, okay, well, nobody cares about barley anymore in the 1880s. We're not, you know, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. not farmers. We're living in cities. And, and uh, uh, the Aviv, the barley would come Aviv around the time of spring. Let's use that word Aviv to refer mm-hmm. to spring. Mm-hmm. And he actually did this. And, and they actually call this um, the secularization of the language. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite examples is that in biblical Hebrew, the word lichateh means to remove sin. Mm-hmm. Eliezer ben Yehuda wasn't so concerned with removing sin. Um, so instead, in modern Hebrew, lichateh means to uh, to uh, cleanse a wound. Mm-hmm. To um, and then what are you removing? You're not removing sin. You're removing um, microorganisms. You're removing whatever, like that. right? Yep. Um, that's a, a great example of the secularization of the language. You take a word that existed and you give it a new meaning. Mm-hmm. And the word chashav to plan is an example of that. In modern Hebrew it means to think. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I brought that up. Is that sometimes people get a little confused because they'll actually hear some modern Hebrew and they'll say, ah, this is what the meaning is based right. on what's going on in modern right. Israel. But I think that one of the powers of it, and I have to say this, I, I did do it the way that you said, mm-hmm. basically starting with biblical Hebrew, now a little bit, little kitzat kitzat, little, little by little learning a little bit of modern Hebrew. But where it helps is that sometimes uh, I know enough to know that even though I might see a word that's being used in modern mm-hmm. Hebrew, the fact that I can see that word and know how that word maybe is pronounced helps as far as maybe finding sometimes roots or something right. like that. But it is. I just have to say, it really is a phenomenal thing that you had a language that um, that wasn't wasn't being used in public daily, life, daily life on daily life, and now you've got all this stuff. So now, what do they yeah. do in modern Hebrew for Google? Google. <laughs> 
Google. <laughs> Google. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, there's no a hidden word in there for uh, for Google. Well, and so there's a bunch yeah. of words. That, like uh, recently, there was there was a, this uh, you know advertisement mm-hmm. that Netanyahu put on about how he was going to watch the children, and it was called the babysitter. And uh, they said, "What BB? Because that's Netanyahu's name is the babysitter." And people were surprised. Oh, why is babysitter the word in Hebrew for babysitter? <laughs> but there's a lot of words like that. And you know what? There's words in English that came from Hebrew. <laughs> yes. Like you know, so you don't laugh mm-hmm. in English when you have the word camel for mm-hmm. camel because even though that's a Hebrew word gamal, mm-hmm. because okay, we don't we don't have another word for it in English. We don't have so, another word for it because it's an animal that comes from Israel. So there are English the words that sometimes are in Hebrew language. Yeah, so, and vice versa. Absolutely. Now, I will tell you, um, I have actually two sections that really are powerful for me. Okay. Um, and, Let's and one jump of them, to those. Yeah one, yeah, one of them is four verses I'd like to talk about for a oh, second. wow. Which ones? Um, no, I, I can't tell you. Otherwise, you'll... Because I might have something before that. Oh, 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 really? No, I don't think you do. Because okay. it's the next one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it says this. And I'm going to read this in English. It says, uh, so then, so here at early, um, and, and I, guess I, I guess part of the reason that I'm bringing this up is, you said, um, what did you say? You said uh, it, it's the word for planning or something like that. To plan, yeah, to devise. Plan. Yeah. It means to think, but it's not just yeah. an intellectual abstract mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. It's I'm thinking about doing something yeah. and how to do it. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. So in English it says now, for my thoughts mm-hmm. are not your thoughts. It's using the same you know word. Um, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways uh, my ways, declares Yehovah. And then I'm going to show you why or how. Right. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my plans, my thoughts, my intentions, what you want to say, yeah. are higher than your thoughts. Then this is this is the verse that I love. Yeah. Because now it says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater application so will my word which goes forth from my mouth it's not going to return to me and i think there's got to be i don't know empty empty uh, yeah it's empty empty empty. okay so it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what i desire and without succeeding for which i sent it now i go back to that image of Thoughts not being thoughts and then all the thing of the rain and the snow coming down from heaven and thinking about his word and saying when the rain or the snow comes down in the land of Israel, what does it do? It, you know, in fact, two weeks ago, someone just brought this up as it pertains to talking about the Aviv search. They said, oh, my goodness, there's not going to be Aviv because it snowed. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. And then That's guess what great. happened? The weather changed just like that. What did the snow become? Um, water. Yeah, it's water. Melted. Yeah, I mean, before I got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's water, and 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 the point is, you know, you never know what's mm-hmm. going on in Israel. It's funny we were talking about the weather. We're gonna go do this thing on Sunday. The weather's gonna be. And then I mean, says you never know what the weather's gonna be. You can't know. It doesn't matter what the weatherman says. But the point is, in this situation, is God's word is seen in the image of rain and snow that comes down, and it accomplishes what it was sent to do. It's giving bread. It's bearing. It's sprouting. So it, it bread for this. Uh, um, Bread to the eater, seed for the sower, sow my word which goes forth from my mouth. And I think that's the thing that I get most excited about is that it really it is about his word. 
if he spoke it, that means it's going to happen. It's not a matter of dis- discussion or debate. Right. It is going to happen, and that's you know I just love that. I just love the whole image of that. Well, and, and I think the context here is verse seven, where mm-hmm. you know basically in plain old English he says, "Repent, and God will forgive you." Mm-hmm. And the people, you know, they hear this. We mm-hmm. saw this before in Ezekiel mm-hmm. eighteen, Ezekiel thirty three. They say, "Wait a minute, no, the guy's got to be punished." Yeah. He can't just get away scot-free just because he repented. Mm-hmm. He's got to be punished. The way of the Lord is not fair. It's not, you know, that's in Ezekiel 18. Mm-hmm. We have some teachings on that. Um, and so here he's kind of with that in mind, I think, saying, look, my ways aren't your ways. And my thoughts, my plan, what I've got planned isn't what you got planned. You want to you wanna punish this person. You want to kick his... Um, mm-hmm kick him and uh he's repented i'm accepting his repentance i'm gonna have mercy on him what you Mm -hmm. got you know and why is that he repented because i sent my word amen to accomplish something amen and and it accomplished it why are you have a hard time with that Mm -hmm. you know don't don't think of it in your terms you know we bear a grudge god forgives true repentance Mm. That's why we can sing the song for you'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth. Da, 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 I've never da, heard da, that da, song you, in my life. What is that song? Is it a Christian song or something? Is that a Methodist? And song? all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. You know, you've never heard that song. You'll I think away. I heard the clap your hands part once. Ah, man, all the places we've been, all the times people have sung, you don't remember heard that song? I understand. Is that this Man, that's a great song, but it comes from this verse. But, you know, here's the point. You mm-hmm. know, we're, 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 we're going to get this, we're going to get to 56, and this is where the big battle is going to take place. It is. Now, I'm going to eat, you know, we got to But we're not there yet. Can I know we're not, but I'm we just talking about verse 13. That's, I would. I was going to say, would you please talk about okay. 13? So it says, Vahayala Helva. Mm-hmm. And it shall become for Yehovah a name and an eternal sign. It shall not be cut off. Mm-hmm. What is this eternal sign and name for God? Wow. What is, what is this talking and about? And it will be. Well, no, here's what it says in the in ASB. And it will be. Now, now when you say and, I got to go back to the first two phrases. Okay. Instead okay. of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. And instead of the nettle, the myrtle mm-hmm. will come up. And it will be it. Yeah. That's so read, read it, and it will be, and it will be a, and it says here a memorial. Oh, okay, uh-huh, a memorial uh, to Yehovah for an everlasting sign, an oath which will not be cut off. Right. So, what, so what is going to be? Something's going to happen. So, I, so here's where I went to the ancient Jewish sources because I looked at this. And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not really sure. This is what. What's so the let, it? Can I just say something to yeah. give, throw you a little, little, sure. little something here? So there are times where. You you really you you can I put it this way? You need an amen, a little help, a little something, a little other perspective, well, just to see and, what, what's and, going and I'm on. Not, and this is I want to make this really important. clear. This is very important. People say, oh, you know, you, you just read the scripture, you don't interpret it. No, any reading of scripture is by definition an interpretation. Okay. If I tell you lo tirzach means you shall not kill, you shall not murder, that's an interpretation. Because in Hebrew you can actually read it, and this is a famous uh, example. You can read it lo tirzach. Shall you not kill? Amen. And the answer would be, of course you'll kill. And obviously that's not what it means. Obviously, lo tiltzach is you must not kill. It's an interpretation based on common sense, but it's still an interpretation. And I have no problem with commentaries as giving different perspectives. Um, what I have a problem is when we say, well, you can't say that. That's not in the commentary. Really? I could say, you know, if that's what it says in the text, I don't need the commentary. Um, I'm not bound by the commentary. The commentary yeah. gives me good perspective. Yeah. And, and I think it's actually very valuable to go once you've read the text and say, okay, 
uh, what does this mean? Maybe I understand it. Maybe I don't. Then go look at the commentaries and say, oh, wow, I didn't think of it that way. So I have four different interpretations here in the commentaries, mm-hmm. Jewish commentaries. Number one is that the, this uh, name and eternal sign is the miracle of the desert being replaced with vegetation, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because we see that in modern Israel, mm-hmm. where they went into the desert and the desert bloomed. Number two is the miracle of evil being replaced with good. Mm-hmm. There it's being interpreted allegorically. Yes. Number three is the events of the festival of Purim. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell me, Keith, where they got the festival of Purim out of this verse 13? And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign, which will not be cut so off. So they got it from the word myrtle, <laughs> which in Hebrew is hadas. <laughs> hadas. And the name of Esther was Hadassah. Mm-hmm. So there, if you ask me, that's rabbis grasping at straws. <laughs> like, we don't know what this oh, means. Oh, it's a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful thought, but it's not what the prophet's talking about. Um, number four is prophetic about God's name being hidden. Mm-hmm. Interesting. God's name will be revealed in the end times. The thorn will be replaced. The thorn, in this case, being Hashem or a replacement, being replaced with the fir tree, the actual name of Yehovah, and the briar, Adonai, with the myrtle, which is the real name of Yehovah. Titles being replaced with the real eternal name. I don't know if that's what the prophet is saying, but I like it. I like that, too. Yeah. It will be, and you know what's funny, Nehemiah, uh, and you know, when you, you talked about this, we've talked about this before. When I thought of the word remoral, I thought they were going to say it was like a, uh, like like this this issue of the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the same thing that it says in Exodus 20, 24, where they'll say um, it's a memorial or it's a remembrance, right. Right. but it's actually here. But here's the word Lashem, which means na- name. <laughs> And hence, yeah. the last explanation I mean, isn't so far-fetched. Yeah. That right now we're in the period of the thorn of the of the briar, which is these titles that just stick in our side. Yeah, and but one day it'll be replaced by the beautiful. I, I gotta be honest bloom, with you, brother. Tree, I gotta be honest with you, brother. The name Yehovah. I've seen thirteen years, and I and I, in our lifetime, in mm-hmm. our walk together, yeah. I have honestly, Nehemia, and I can say this in in humility, but with excitement, I've actually seen a shift with the use of God's name. In other words, from the first time that I was looking and asking you, oh, where's this, what is this name? What is this name? What's his name? I couldn't find anyone that would that was addressing it from the perspective of the of the text. I could find people that would tell me this is what the tradition is. I could pick up people who would tell me we know this, but never having any the scholars access, and the elders. No, have and I'm going to bring Yahweh. up something something very controversial here. I'm going to probably edit it out. Amen. So, um, <laughs> so I want to say something. So I've watched, actually, and I'm now getting a little older in my age, but I've watched from the first time that I had the encounter in 2002 until now, and I've seen this really, really, really big shift. Now, we just had a situation happen that is absolutely hilarious, and I'm going to say it. It's absolutely hilarious. So there was a man who's from a well-known, can I say this, Um, ministry, and he comes out with this video and it, you guys, it was impressive. He, in fact, I want to get the link to this video and put it at this show. Okay. This video, he says, after deep research, and you probably can quote it better than me because you 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 can remember things. You like that. You know, you're like a you have a memory like an elephant sometimes. So yeah. I'm dead serious. He said you after can, reading some things, you know, after reading several things, he goes on and he, and he, and then I think the name of his ministry's got something to do with truth or something. I can't remember. And and, and he says and he says and after reading and after discernment. And he might as well have said he, you know, he, he had a revelation. He says, you know what? His name is, and here it comes, folks. And he says it like this. His name is Yehovah. He doesn't say his name is Jehovah or Yehovah. He says it. And I'm, I got to give this guy a lot of credit. He says it like it is in the text. Accents and vowels. He says, you know what? 
I've read some things. I'm convinced it was his hallowed name revealed again. Just kidding. It was probably in, read your and book. in dead seriousness. You know what it probably was? It probably had to do with Nehemiah's book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence, because there was some. There was some. Let me just let me just get to the point. Um, Please get to the point. Yeah, let me get to the point. No, I want to take my time. Okay. The guy puts out this video, and I'm telling you, I was impressed. I listened to the video, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. This is kind of like mainline-ish. This guy's saying, Yehovah. I think it was less than a week. I might be wrong. Maybe it was two weeks. He puts out an update video. <laughs> and I'm laughing because in the update video, he might as well have said this. After I put out this information, they took me in the back room and took me and kicked me up from one end of the room to the other and said, you must not say that. And he literally goes on to say that he has a very good friend who wrote a book and, and basically took him in the back room and said, recant. Recant based on your pronunciation of the name. And he puts out another video and says, well, folks, I'm back, baby. I fell off the bus. He literally said, I'm back, baby. He's, he no, he fell off the bus. He fell off I and bumped his head. With what I knew, he bumped his head for just a little while. And they literally came in like a flood. And it reminds me, heck, I might as well say it. It reminds me of what happened. Um, and I can talk about this now. It reminds me of what happened with uh, with this television station that I was I was on. I was doing this series, a 12-part series on the name. They begged me to do it. They asked me to do it. And I said to them ahead of time, I said, listen, you're asking me to do this. This is very controversial. They said, we own this station. We've read the information. It's touched our life. We testify to it. And they went on and on and on and on. And they said, you must do it. So I went in and I recorded it. And then the people came and they took him in the back room and they said, you must not let that pronunciation of the name be put out. And it had nothing to do with the real manuscripts or the information. They just threw a bunch of stuff against the wall to see what fit. Now, what I want to say, Nehemia, is that I feel like in the last 12 years, I've seen a real shift. I've seen many, many people go through the arduous task of trying to figure out consonants, vowels, accents, understanding what it is and to be able to say, here's the text. Here's what it says, and here's how it's pronounced. So I'm going to go with the interpretation that this phrase is absolutely about his name coming forth. Well, since it says name, that's, absolutely. A, that's a good, yep. good reason to think yep. that. Yep. <laughs> well, right after the name Yehovah. <laughs> yeah, it says, it shall yeah. be for Yehovah a name and eternal sign. It shall not absolutely. be cut off. Absolutely. We're going to get rid of the thorns and the briars, the yes. replacements, so we're going to have... The beautiful and, it's and I love the myrtle because the myrtle I have mm-hmm. one in front of my apartment in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and uh, a myrtle tree and you you put your hand over the myrtle tree and you smell this beautiful citrus mm-hmm. smell it's just so mm-hmm. beautiful it mm-hmm. tastes so good to mm-hmm. smell mm-hmm. and that's Jehovah's name it's, it's this beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. thing Amen so that's what uh, we're talking about uh, now let's can, Isaiah can, fifty six now how do you want to do this well first of all I want to refer people to our teaching op- the open door series. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it actually for free on NehemiahsWall.com. Mm-hmm. I think you probably have it on your website too. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. And there we actually talk about this this passage, Isaiah 56, 1 through 8. We preach it. But let's, let's take it away and preach it. Okay. So I want to know, if we go right to 56, 3, can we just go ahead and do it? Mapitum. Why wouldn't we do one through two? No, I'm saying you you said you said fifty six three. Let's preach it, or do you are you no, gonna, let's one do through the eight? Okay, so if one th- one and two is talking, and I'll just give the summary. I'll read it. 
he, Isaiah is preaching in the public square saying, Thus saith Jehovah, Kichba, I'm reading this from the Hebrew, Keep judgment and do righteousness for my salvation, my Yeshua is close to coming, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does it, the son of man who grabs hold of it. He who keeps the Shabbat from desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing all evil. Now, when I, and I've said this before, and Isaiah is in the public square, and the Gentiles hear him say this, they've got to stop in their tracks and say, I know this Hebrew prophet's not talking to me. And how do they know that? Because they read, or maybe they heard about, in the book of Exodus, where God says about um, about the Shabbat, Oti beniu ben Israel, and that is in Exodus thirty one. And you speak to thirty one thirteen, and you speak to the children of Israel, saying, But you will keep my Shabbats. For it is a sign between me and between you for your generations. To know, for I am Yehovah who sanctifies you. And imagine if you're a Gentile, and then again it's in 31.13 of Exodus. You're a Gentile and you hear this and you say, well, you know, God doesn't, he doesn't sanctify me. I'm a Gentile. I'm a goy. Um, this, this isn't about me. The prophet's not speaking to me. I'm separate from God's people. And what I love about it is in verse 3, Isaiah then addresses those Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He said, and I'll let you take this away. Mm-hmm. And I want to say something. You know, Nehemiah, you always say this. You go back and forth, and I just, I'm just quiet. I just listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know, Keith, over in your book. And I, and I think what, partly what you're saying is you're like, that's the book that you read. And I, gotta, I want to confess something. What's the book of your let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you where, where yeah. you're right. So, so what do you know what I liked about that part of the book? Because mm. I'd always see myself in that book. Mm. I'd always see myself, you know, in I'd the say, New Testament. in the New Testament, I would always say, you know what? I'm convinced. That, that I would have been one of those people that would have been like, you know, you know, he could be a good disciple. Because I would, when I would hear about, you know, all that was going on with the Romans and everything that was happening at that time, and someone's coming along and saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. And I'd be like, boy, I need that. Tell me about that. I would be the kind of person to be like, mm-hmm. tell me more. And when he goes on in Isaiah, you know, in Matthew chapter 5, 17, not one, one jot or one tittle is going to be removed. I'd be like, oh man, that would be me. And so, for the most part, I can always see myself in that book. When I'm reading in the Tanakh, you know, sometimes we're having conversations and you'll say, you know, our people and our, our, our Torah and the Tanakh and, and, you know, in the synagogue and all that. And I kind of sit there and I think, man, you know, that's not me. I'm not I'm not Jewish. And, you know, we have big laughs and conversations about this. I'm not I'm not interested in being Jewish. I don't see me until I get to a verse like this. Like when I see this verse, yeah, I think of me. And we've got us. We had this this story again, folks. Bear with me. It says, "Let not the foreigner," and I love this word. And I don't know if you'll if we if we did it before, but I just love this word when you explain it. Who has who has joined himself to Yahweh? Say, let's stop. Can we make this word? The word of the week. I'm pretty sure we have this word, but we'll do it again. Nilva, the root is Lamed Vav He. It's mm-hmm. the same root as the word Levite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means to join. Mm-hmm. And Hanilva is he who joins himself. Mm-hmm. And it appears twice in this passage. Uh, Hanilva in verse 3. Mm-hmm. And in verse 6, it's Hanilvim, mm-hmm. which is the plural. The you know, mm-hmm. first three, it's he who joins himself. And in verse 6, it's those who join themselves, the mm-hmm. plural, Hanil Vim. And what I love about it is, is I can go back all the way into Genesis and I can yeah. see this the first time this is used. And this is Leah's son. Mm-hmm. And he says, my husband now. She says, you know, I know for sure now my husband's going to join himself to me. So I'm going to call Genesis my son. Genesis 29, 34. I'm going to call my son joined. <laughs> Literally at Levite. You know, I'm a Levi. And so for me. And then Numbers 18, 2. Yeah. And 18, 4, we have the Levites then. 
joining um, joining the Kohanim, yes. joining the service of Yehovah, and mm. we have the same word, V'yilavu, V'nilvu, which mm. is nilvu. It's the so same form as the Nifal of Lava. And now it's, so you could translate this and let not the son of the, this is a literal translation, let not the son of the Gentile who Levites himself to Yehovah say. Yes. That Yehovah will surely separate me from his people, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna pass this off to the next part of the verse, and we can go back and forth. But the thing that really I have to just say when I say I didn't see myself, this is one of these verses that really has captivated me in practicality, because I will go to people and I will say, and I have this story, and I'm gonna tell it again. I'll go to people and I'll say, look, I I've joined myself to Yehovah, and therefore. And so we have this famous story. It's, it's now an international story where I was so excited about this verse that Nehemiah's father, uh, Rabbi Gordon, who's since passed on, uh, I had talked to him on the phone a couple times, but I was really looking forward to hearing him because Nehemiah would always talk about him. And, you know, he's this it's Orthodox rabbi. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to test this matter. I'm really going to test this matter. So uh, I'm going to I've invited for Shabbat. I go to Rabbi Gordon. I say, Rabbi Gordon, uh, I'd like to I'd like to talk to you about something. Um that I, if I really want your discern. I didn't use the word discernment. It's something I want to share with you. And then, of course, Nehemiah being the jokester that he is. And there's sometimes he makes jokes that really put me in a tough spot. Like when we were at the Egyptian border and he said that I loved Mubarak. More on that later. He says to his father, he wants to share some good news with you. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> My father's response was, oh, no, if it's about Jesus, I don't want to Well, I wanted it. to be nice about it. That's so he, Okay. But it right. wasn't about Jesus. What it was wasn't about? about. So it was about this verse. And, and, and it, uh, the application of it was we were sitting at Shabbat, just like I told you a few weeks ago hmm. about the, the, the blessing after the meal. Um, there was this opportunity for there to be a group of people that would be able to, to, to you know. And, spe- and specifically, specifically, you have to have three Jewish males. Yes. So, you know, and so... And there were there were three there, but one of them was not going to participate. Okay, so Keith wanted to be the third. I wanted to be the third, though I wasn't saying I'm Jewish. Let me say this again: I'm not Jewish, Rabbi, but I've joined myself to Yehovah. And you read him Isaiah, 56. and I read this Isaiah fifty six, and and I said to him, "So can can I can I be one of one of the can people?" I be the third. And yeah. what did he say, Nehemiah? You don't count. I don't count. Yeah. I'm and, just, and in a very literal sense, look, meaning we have to was count three, and he wasn't you joking. don't count because yep. you didn't appear. And he explained, if you want to count, you have to f- appear before a panel of three rabbis. You have to be immersed in water uh, uh, in a mikvah under their supervision after having studied and passing a test and proclaiming yourself to accept the authority and the yoke of the rabbis. And you have to be, um, as a man, recircumcised. Um, yeah, and you so, didn't do any of those no, things. No, 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 no. And so you don't count, as he said. And it's interesting. A few weeks ago, I posted something on, on Facebook, and I had this Christian guy or Messianic guy come, and he says, well, you, you're not a believer anyway, so you don't count. Yeah, he, and he said, said that. that. He said that to me, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the point was, the point for me was, is that that, that probably was a, a moment of, um, a very important moment, because yeah. I looked at the scripture, I clearly, I looked at it, but both in Hebrew, I looked at it in the Septuagint's Greek, I looked at it in, mm. in English, I looked everywhere I could. And it was pretty clear that there was an idea that the for, for those of us that are foreigners, we shook the family tree and ain't no Jews falling out. I'm telling you, there, I, as far as I can tell, maybe somewhere way back deep, who knows, there could have been some. But I, I didn't need that. I, I, I really looked at this verse and said, OK, wow, I find myself in Isaiah. And I'm sure there are many people listening who also find themselves. And then the temptation becomes, well, I need man's approval. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'll go ahead and go through the process 
you know, just so I've got Because if people. I don't, then God is separating me from his yeah, people. absolutely. And he's saying in Isaiah 56 that you shouldn't say that. Mm. You don't need to say it. Now, now can I share something yeah. a little controversial? Um, so we were meeting with this rabbi, the two of us. It was a three-way meeting. And the rabbi, a uh, very famous rabbi, I won't say his name, he looked at Keith and he, and he heard his story and he said, Wow, Keith, you, you, you love the Jewish people and you love the Torah. You must have a Jewish soul. And... Um, you know, and I think a lot of people hearing this would be, you know, their response would be, oh, the rabbi said I have a Jewish soul. And they're, and they're without oh. even realizing, I think what would end up happening is they would put themselves then under that rabbi's authority. And, and I'll be honest with you, sitting there, that's what he hearing the two for. of you have this conversation, I thought, what a manipulative thing to say to you that you have this Jewish soul Rather than saying, you know what, Keith, you don't need to have some quote unquote, I don't even know what a Jewish soul is. I don't find that Tanakh concept in Tanakh. Uh-huh. It comes from Kabbalah. Uh-huh. But rather than saying, oh, you know, really, you're you know a long lost Jew, to say, you know what, Keith, I don't need you to be a long lost Jew. You're a fulfillment of prophecy. You're the fulfillment of Isaiah two of the of the Gentiles who come in and they and they and they flow like a river to the city of Jerusalem. You're a fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah eight twenty three of the Gentiles who grab hold of the Jew and say, We hear God is with you. You're a fulfillment of Isaiah fifty six. We don't need to make up some story and tell some fiction about you being having a Jewish soul, something which can never be proven and, and is, I mean, isn't even a biblical concept. Rather than do that, let's focus on what we know for a fact. You're a Gentile who's joined yourself to Yehovah, and you must not say Yehovah has surely separated me from his people. So you don't need to come under the authority of some rabbi. You don't need to invent some past for yourself. I think that's far more powerful and far more beautiful and far more biblical than this fantasy about, I have a Jewish soul. I shook the family tree and, and my great, great, great grandfather, 33 generations back, his name was, mm. um, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his name was Joseph, so he must be a Jew because that's a name from the Bible. Like, yeah. really, guys? Well, yeah, I feel bad. For, I do feel bad for people. And listen, there are a lot of people that really do have, um, you know, bloodlines, et cetera, and that's and awesome. And that's fine. And there's, but there are a lot of people who are desperately looking for an identity, and, and so they... You know, they hop from group to group looking for that connection and someone comes along and says, okay, you've got the soul. And they say, okay, what do I need to do? Well, just these 10 steps. And the next thing you know, there is worse shape than they were 12 before. months later. Yeah. You're in the yeah. conversion program getting your second circumcision. Yeah, I don't know about all that stuff. Uh, but let me ask this question, Nehemia, because there's something that happens in this passage that I find it really interesting and maybe you can address yeah. it. So yeah. here we've got this connection of 56, um, 3. Yeah. Let not the foreigner who has yeah. joined himself. Then it goes four, five, and then six again. Mm-hmm. Also, the foreigners. So can so what's happening? I so, don't want to skip the six. I don't. I don't we either. Always skip the I, six I don't want to skip. This. No, that's why I'm bringing it up. I want to talk about three through five. That's what why I did it. I said so. What is happening in between when it's saying that there? So and they're talking six. to the eunuch. Yep. And you could argue that this is a eunuch who is a Gentile. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's not a Gentile, the verse that comes to mind that Isaiah, I think, is explaining and, and, and interpreting is mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 23, 2, mm-hmm. where it says, I don't know which translation to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me read the King James. He that is wounded in the stones. That's not what it says in Hebrew, but you know what it means. He that is wounded in the stones or hath, hath his privy member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And people, even in ancient Israel, read this and said, oh, those eunuchs, they can't be Israelites. They're Gentiles and they can't be, they can never be Israelites because they can't even be circumcised because they don't have the equipment 
necessary to be circumcised. And I think those are the people he's talking about. And what comes to mind for me is, for example, Jeremiah 38, 12. Can I read that? I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Jeremiah 38, 12, it says, And Eved Melech the Cushite said to Jeremiah, um, etc. Actually, it's before that. We have this figure named Eved Melech, the servant of the king who is from Cush. He is from what today would be uh, you know, northeastern Sudan or northwestern Ethiopia. And over in the beginning of the story here, somewhere he's referred to as a son. Here, it's in verse 7. And Eved Melech the Cushite heard th- Jeremiah 38, 7. Ish Saris, a man who is a eunuch, mm-hmm. and he is in the house of the king, etc. And he's the one who ends up freeing Jeremiah from prison mm-hmm. through his inter- intervention. This foreigner, he's a foreigner, he's from Cush, and he's a eunuch. And imagine if you're Eved Melech the Cushite, and you're a righteous man. You're the one out of all the all the people in, in the city of Jerusalem who saves the prophet. All the ones are thinking, I'm worried about my skin. Or I want him in that dungeon because we mm. need him in that dungeon mm. because he's telling us that we're sinners and we're going to be destroyed by the enemy. Let's get rid of that guy. Um, and Evan Melch the Kusha comes along and says, look, this is a prophet of God. we got to get him out of here mm. before he starves to death in prison um, during the siege. And I think that's the type of person that, that here Isaiah 56 is addressing. These um, these eunuchs, maybe they're foreigners, maybe they're not, but they feel like, I've got no part in God's covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't come into the congregation of God, mm-hmm. and I can't have children. So even if I can, what good is it? Because mm-hmm. definitely the blessing in Scripture from the very beginning is be fruitful and mul- multiply, is to have children. And this eunuch is hearing this. And, and remember, why did they have eunuchs in ancient, ancient times? So what the foreign kings would do is they would make their top official eunuchs. Why is that? Because let's say you're the king, the emperor of Babylon, and you've got this, you know, very trusted official. Well, how do you know he's not going to take over from you and make his son king after you? Well, mm-hmm. there's a way to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's read this now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we read verse three, the first half. The second half says, mm-hmm. "And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. Mm-hmm. For thus says Yehovah to the eunuchs who keep my Shabbats." And choose that which I desire, mm. uh, and who grab hold of my covenant. Yes, I will give them in my house and in my walls. And I love this phrase, Yad Vashem, which is the name of Israel's Holocaust Museum. Yad mm. Vashem, mm-hmm. uh, a memorial and a name, a good name, uh, a memorial and a name. Tov mi banimu banot, which is even better than sons and daughters. An eternal name I will give him that he will not be cut off. And so the eunuch who can't have children sees this and says, you know what, what's the point? Uh, I can't do it all the other Israelites. I can't be blessed in the way they're going to be blessed through my children. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the point of any of this? Mm -hmm. Um, And he's saying, you know what, you're going to get something. You will come into my my temple. Mm -hmm. What you read in Deuteronomy 23 isn't saying you can't. You misunderstood that passage. And you will be part of my congregation. You will be part of my Mm -hmm. covenant. If you keep my Shabbat and you grab hold of my covenant, you'll have some, you'll have a Yad Vashem. You'll have something which is even better than wow. sons and daughters. And that's, wow. by the way, why the Holocaust Memorial is called Yad Vashem. Mm-hmm. You had all these people who were cut off, mm-hmm. who who entire an entire generation was murdered in mm-hmm. Europe, and they don't have descendants. Many of them, most of mm-hmm. them, because their whole families were wiped out. And so that's why they called it Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial, after this verse. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say something. We're, we're, I want to combine something, actually, yeah. with verse 6, if it's okay. Yeah. I want to combine um, kind of like a little bit of a minute, a minute here on ministry because this the, the not only with 56.3 was something that was so important. When I read then about the eunuchs, I thought, well, 
Okay, he's talking about the eunuchs. I, I, I'm not a eunuch. And then he comes back in 56.6 yeah. and says this. And, and, and the reason it, got, it caught my attention is because of three things. Mm-hmm. I want to share these three things. Also, the foreigners, in case you missed it, who Levite themselves to Yehovah to minister him. How? Loving his name. To love the name Yehovah is what it says. Mm-hmm. To be his servants. How? Everyone who keeps from profaning the Shabbat and holds fast the covenant. And I looked at these three things and I thought, wow, all those years ago we started this ministry. And, and I said there were three things that really I encountered here. God's time, God's Torah, God's tetragrammaton, his four-letter name. And in this verse, I see those things. The name, the tetragrammaton, Yehovah. His time, the Sabbath, which has to do with his, God's time, keeping his time. And his Torah, the covenant. And I look at those things and I think, man, you know what? What what, is it not amazing that we even have the opportunity? So for me, I say you might live your whole life and get one revelation, just one. And if I only get one revelation, it, it simply has been this for me, that God has time. God has his word. God has his name. And I, what I found, I mean, we've talked about this so many times that when foreign nations would come to Israel and they would want to take over, what would they say? Okay, look, no more keeping God's time. In other words, you guys keeping Shabbat, you know, more demon. We're going to cut that out. No more keeping God's Torah. No more, you know, uh, uh, circumcision and all these things that have to do with the Torah. And certainly no more speaking God's name because that gets you too intimate with him. And we can't have that, especially since we're bringing all of these false gods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this verse for me really is a um, I call it a, a, a I call it a verse that I could I could put pin my hat on because I think when I read this verse, I think about the ministry and really giving people a chance to encounter God's time, to encounter God's Torah, and to encounter God's tetragrammaton, His name, brings you to a place for an encounter, what I say, with Him. And that's really what the BFA is about. Inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation of their faith. And how can you know that unless you open up His Word and find out what that faith is based on? Oh, so, man. thank you so much. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah, that's a powerful verse. Um, so, did you get the three T's, time, Torah, tetragrammaton, based on this verse? No, actually, or didn't. did you get them? No, I got it then before, and then realized, I did, wow, the, didn't the even verse. know about this verse. Didn't, didn't even know about. The in verse. fact, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Not only did I not know about this verse, I didn't even understand this idea. I, you know, not to bore people, I get the Torah scroll, I bring it back. There's a verse on the front. You said, "Oh, that's prophetic." I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what he's even talking about. And it took time to realize, as I've seen Torah pearls, the original Torah pearls. We have brought the Torah around the world from Zion. Mm. I've gotten a chance to play one little part of that, and I believe it comes from this this encounter. Mm. So wow. go ahead, you know, I mean, go ahead. The, the next part is actually all right, uh, and I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them. What holy mountain? The Temple Mount. There's no, no, a, I mean the actual. There's an actual mountain. There's an actual mountain. It's a mountain. Physical mountain. You would Halibai, say Temple we just mountain. came from this place called the Promenade. I asked if we could go there before we taped this. Yeah. Because I wanted to get this view again of of Jerusalem, yeah. and I asked you about that cliff. You know, and you look across the, the promenade. What is it? What is the valley? Uh, the valley, the, the valley from where we were, where mm-hmm. the promenade. Yeah. Down the Peace Forest. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. And, Shalom. and you yeah. go up and there's a temple mount. So you're telling me that's the mountain? That's the mountain. It's actually two valleys there or whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and I'll bring them to my holy mountain. I will make them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their peace offerings shall be accepted upon my altar for my uh, house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. Wait a minute. It's for the Jewish people only. No, no, no. Wait. Hold on. It's for the Muslims only. It's for all Muslims, right? <laughs> yeah, Is that what I'm it says in the, no. in the original Hebrew? <laughs> no. It says for all peoples. 
And does that mean people's nations? What does that mean? Nations, yeah, absolutely. So no, let, so let's just talk about this for a second. What does that look like? What does that look like? What does that look like? I, I, Compared I, to what we see now today. Yeah, well, I mean, what you see to now today is, is um, you know, we were just actually not very long ago speaking to this expert on, on Islam. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, Islam is a, is, a, is, is a militant religion. This is a guy who studied Islam for the last 22 years, an Israeli scholar. And he said it's a militant religion. Um, and he says not every form of Islam is militant. Yeah, but, in fact, but, he said Islams. He said there's, right. a, there's different Islams. He said the one on the Temple Mount. The one on the Temple Mount, he says it's militant and yeah. intimidating. <laughs> yeah, by, by design. Yeah. Meaning it's not an accident that they're behaving that way. So here's what it looks like. I'll read you from Isaiah okay. 2. The word which Yahshayahu, the son of Amot, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it, came, and it will come to pass in the end of days, Bacharita Yamim. The mount of the house of Yehovah will be established at the head of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up from the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it, like a river, in Hebrew it says. And many peoples will come, and they will say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Yehovah, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us from his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah. Udvar Yehovah miYerushalayim. It's on the front of my Torah scroll. I love it. Say it again. I and the word of Yehovah from Jerusalem. Kimitzion teitzei Torah. Udvar Yehovah miYerushalayim. For from Zion, that mountain, shall go forth the Torah and the word of Yehovah from Jerusalem. V'shafat bein haguim, and he will judge among between the nations. V'hochiach lamim rabim, and he will rebuke many nations. V'chitetu chavot. These are the words that. Uh, Netanyahu read to Obama when they went to the shrine of the book and stood before the Isaiah scroll. He read it from the Isaiah scroll written 2,200 years ago in Israel's National Museum. Mr. President. And they will beat their swords in the plowshares. And their, um, and their spears into pruning shears. Nations shall not lift up Sword against nation, and they shall no longer learn, and no, never again learn war. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love. Did we ever read this passage in Micah? I don't know if we did. We're coming to, as you say, Keith, in your terminology, we're coming to the end of a dispensation. Did, did I get no, that no terminology question, no question right? right? You're we're right coming to the end of this Torah pearls, this prophet pearls. We did Torah pearls and we did prophet pearls, and I don't know we ever got. I don't think we ever got to this passage, the second witness which is almost verbatim the same words in the book of Micah. Mm. And I want to read that if, if you'll allow me to. Please. Um, Verse. Yeah, let me find it in Micah. It is Micah chapter 4. In the Hebrew, it is verse 1. And it shall come to pass the end of days, the mount of Yehovah, the, the mount of the house of Yehovah shall be established above. And it's, it's verbatim, same thing. Shall be established above the hills. And Nahalu uh, alav amim. And the peoples, slightly different. There it's goyim, here it's amim, here it's switched. And the people shall flow to it like a river. And the nations shall, many nations shall go and they will say, Come, let us go up to the mount of Yehovah and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will Torah us, he will teach us, says Yoreh Torah. He will Torah us from his ways and we will walk in his paths. Kimitzion tetzei Torah. Second witness. Say second witness. Second witness. For from the from Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of Yehovah from Jerusalem. And he shall judge between many peoples and he shall rebuke many nations, even those far away, mm. even those in the in yeah. the Western Hemisphere, in a different continent. Yeah. And um and they shall beat their swords into into plowshares. 
um, and they and their uh, spears into pruning hooks, and no longer, never again, no longer shall nation lift up sword against nation. They shall ne- no never again learn war. And then it says, and they shall sit each man under his uh, under his um, vine, hmm. and each man under his fig tree. Ve'en macharid, and hmm. no one will be afraid. Kifi Yehovat ber, for the mouth of Yehovah of hosts has spoken. And this is, this is, oh my God, heartbreaking. Verse five. Now Yehovah has spoken. Verse five is the people responding. They respond to it and they say, no, 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 no. This is for the Jews. They say, surely all the peoples shall go each in the name of his God. And we will go in the name of, walk in the name of Yehovah, our God forever. Imagine that. Mm. Yehovah says this one thing and the people come along and say, Surely that's not true. This mm. surely this is what we're going to do. Mm. We're going to have God. He'll be our ex- Yehovah. He'll be our exclusive, our exclusive property, our exclusive God, our exclusive domain. And those Gentiles, they can go worship their gods. They can go worship the God of the and, Muslims. They can worship the God of the Christians. We want nothing to do with them. And, Imagine that in ancient Israel, they were saying the same things that you, you don't code. You don't. And actually, what? that's. And I want to tell you something, Nehemiah. Sometimes I'll listen to you, and we'll talk about. You know, we'll talk about the gathering, the gathering, the gathering. There, and you know, I've seen this. Here's a miracle: the gathering, the gathering. And again, I said to myself, boy, you know, I don't. Boy, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't. I don't know unless I'm unless I'm one of the lost tribes. I don't know if I'm gathered. And then this verse comes up, and I'm going to mm. read it. Verse eight. Verse eight Isaiah says, 56, eight. "Yehovah God who gathers the dispersed of Israel." And that's where Nehemiah will start talking about. You know, it's amazing. And you know, he sticks his chest out, rightly so. And he says, "I'm watching physical. I'm watching prophecy right here, right here. I'm on Emek Rephaim, and he's telling me this story over and over and over again. And I love this story because it's prophecy fulfilled. But there's a little part of me that says. I want to be gathered. And, you are. and then the verse comes, yet others, I will gather to those already gathered. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, that's got to be me. <laughs> it's got to be me. You're one of the others. No, I'm another now. I call me another. I'm calling me a method other. A method other. A method other. <laughs> I'm another. You, you, you're one of the Nilvi. I'm one of the other. Join themselves to Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me read this directly from the Hebrew. Um Adonai Yehovah mekabetz nitchei Yisrael. Thus saith Lord Yehovah, Adonai Yehovah, he who gathers in the dispersed of Israel, declares, Od akabetz alav l'nikpatzav. Kibbutz, kibbutz, kibbutz! I will gather others, I will kibbutz others unto those who I have gathered. Amen. So there's the dispersed of Israel, ten lost tribes, and the two tribes, the dispersed of Israel... And then there are these the two others. sticks. There's the two sticks. Hey, give them the sticks. And then there are the others. And then there's the others. I would like wow. to say I, I feel like I'm another, and, and I really like being another because I find myself. As a, and you know, Nehemi, a lot of times we don't we don't always get into our personal testimonies and we you know all of that. But I, I would just say something, folks. If you're listening right now, you know, there's a lot of people that have gotten really frustrated with me because they'll say. Keith, we just got to know what box it is. Is it going to be Christmas? Is it going to be? Is it going to be the pork? Is it going to be? You know, is it going to be this, that, and the other? And I got to tell you something. Yeah, probably in the last you know, five or six years, it's been actually freeing to me not to have to have the, the the box defined. If there is a box, I would like to say this is my box. The my others. box is You're gonna no check other nope. My box is show it to me in the Word of God. Show it to me. In the scriptures, language, history, and context. And you know what? You got my attention. And when I can show people myself in scripture, I got to just tell you, I, my heart is just 
filled. And being here in Jerusalem, I, mean, I got to be honest with you. I thought this was a crazy idea. I Really, I thought it was a crazy idea. You call me up and you say, let me just speaking out loud now. And this is how he does it, folks. Just, just speaking out loud. I think I've heard it about seven times this week. Just speaking out loud. And then he says, I've got this idea. Thinking out and, loud. Th- oh, I'm sorry. Thinking, I'm sorry. Thinking out loud. <laughs> then he drops the bomb. You know, Keith, it's either we're going to have to do something radical or Prophet Pearls is canceled. And I'm going to be honest with you. I literally thought, and I'm not kidding. I literally thought that we were going to, that was it. Because we couldn't do it. We yeah. couldn't, you know, the technology couldn't be done. And it just so happens that I've got this uh, tour and by the way, I've got it on tape a couple times when your internet didn't work. And I've actually got it on tape. I've got our editor in case you, it was your internet problem also. And so I've got this Mopy tour that's going to be starting in just a couple days. It'll be our third BFA International tour. And you said, what would be the possibility of us coming in early? And you know what? The details of it, the costs of it, how it would work, where would we stay, what would be the circumstances, we out on how faith. we did, we really did step out on faith. Yeah. And, and, and I, I had the Aviv search and I said, look, I can exactly. come early for the Aviv search, you can come, come early, early for, for the, the tour. BFA tour. And and if we put this together, like, wow, we, we could actually yeah. spend yeah. two Intense. solid weeks as yeah. long as we prepare in advance. And, yeah. man, did we both. <laughs> we prepared. But I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something, folks. We're going to try to. We actually, our last one's going to be really special. Not going to let it away. But the last, the last one of the series is going to be really special. Another one of Nehemiah's great ideas. But I want to tell you something. You know, uh, it's probably been a very painful thing. Now, one, I've been physically sick. But in being sick. The other thing that's been painful is to be here and to know that really we've had limited time to leave this apartment. And at the other hand, I want to say something. I feel like this has been a bit of a sacrifice. Uh, Can I say this? Like this is like bringing a sacrifice, a spiritual, this is spiritual to me that we would actually lay this out for people and let them know. And you said it so powerful in Hamid. You said five years from now, people may be listening to this. Well, Six I, years from now. 50 years from now. You know, and it happened years. while we're here. The first 10, I want to just give a little background. First mm-hmm. 10, we're in, Israel, uh, uh, in Charlotte, Charlotte together. Yeah. And, and we had a fight. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was a good fight. And, 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 and the fight, it had to do with what we were going to do and how fast we were going to go. And, uh, da, 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 da. and, and it, was, it was creative tension. And then we separated. And I was in, in, in China. And Nehemiah was in a couple of different places. And we tried to do it. And a couple of them worked. They actually worked okay. The, the technology was fine. And then it didn't. Then we said this and we came here. Now, I just want to say something. How many did we do so far? We've got two left. In the amount of days that we've been here, could you? No, the counting is hilarious. How many of these have we actually done? 25. Well, this is the 26th. I'd just like to say congratulations, Nehemiah. <laughs> We've got impressive. a couple more left. But I, folks, and, and those that have helped and supported us, thank you. Those that are willing to support us with the double schnitzel, we're definitely <laughs> excited. If you're willing to stand on the wall, I know you got to talk about it. But I, I really, I want to say to people, I can say with a clear conscience, you know, we've got two ministries here that we're dealing with. But I feel like with a clear conscience, we can say, you know what? You can, uh, you can check us by our fruit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. My ministry, McCore Hebrew Foundation, go to nehemiaswall.com. Come stand with me on the wall mm-hmm. and sign up for the free newsletter. Sign up for the blog, the audio blog, podcast. You'll find uh, you know information, all kinds of interesting things that I'll be sharing. And if you really want to get deeper into it, join the support team. And that allows me to get the information out to everybody else. Amen. Awesome. So I'm going to pray if it's okay. Please. Uh, Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here where your holy mountain is. You could have picked anywhere in the world. You could have picked anywhere in the world to place your name forever, to call it your holy mountain, your house of prayer. And yet you selected this place, Jerusalem. 
the meaning of it, and both in Nehemiah mentioned, Father, the, the words that are already there that define it, 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 and the words that in the future, what Jerusalem will be called, and to actually physically be here is just overwhelming, humbling, exciting, and encouraging, and inspiring. So we thank you for having an opportunity. I thank you for having an opportunity as a foreigner to join myself to you and to your people, and to love your name, and to keep your time, and to Walk out your word in a way that is just uh, is life-changing for me. I thank you so much for the ministry that you've given us by your mercy and ask that you would bless all those that are listening and help us over these next few days. And even as Nehemiah goes about his important work of finding out what time it is and we have this tour with people from around the world, just protect us, watch over us and keep us. And in the end, we'll praise you, glorify you and give you all the praise in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com.